Hello and welcome to the Addicted Austinite, your one-stop podcast for all things Jane Austen. In this week's episode, we are finishing up our look at Persuasion with a review of the 1995 film version. As with all of our film reviews, let's get the technical information out of the way first. So this version, it was created for the BBC in 1995. It's part of a set that they did. They also brought out the infamous Pride and Prejudice series in that year. And 95 is the same year that Sense and Sensibility came out as well. So it's a big year for Austin adaptations. This film, it was directed by Roger Mitchell. And the screenplay was by Nick Deer with music by Jeremy Sams. It had a very wonderful cast full of really big names and wonderful actors, as with a lot of BBC adaptations. So in our starring roles, we've got Amanda Rooch as Anne Elliot and Kieran Hines as Captain Wentworth. And there are some other great actors in here as well. We've got John Woodvine, Fiona Shaw and Sophie Thompson as well. So lots and lots of talent here. When the film was released, when it came out, it did receive quite good reviews. It took a little while for it to start getting critical reviews. Um, It wasn't until after Pride and Prejudice came out, actually, that it started to get a little bit more attention. Unfortunately, persuasion is often an overlooked Austin story. Um, So with Sense and Sensibility and Pride and Prejudice being more popular, more well-known stories, it started to sort of draw attention to persuasion as well and once it did get attention the reviews were really good everybody was really impressed with what had been done I've had a look and it's really difficult to find any negative reviews there really isn't that much to say or that they had to say about negative aspects of it it really was very very popular Some examples of some of the praise that it received are things like a cast completely in sync with Austen's warm but piercing style, a heart-stoppingly reticent yet glorious debut, there's a wonderful unhurried delicacy about persuasion, it should enthrall even those who haven't read the novel, and the sort of passionate yet precise comedy that reminds me why Austen remains such a vital writer. So as you can see it was really really popular and the internet reviews show that as well. On IMDb it is 7.7 out of 10 and on Rotten Tomatoes it's got 86% and I completely agree with this assessment. This adaptation is not only my favourite Persuasion adaptation, but it's also one of my favourite Jane Austen adaptations at all. Uh, Along with 2007 Northanger Abbey, um, this adaptation really makes me so happy. It is just absolutely wonderful, especially when we compare it with the later version that we talked about last time. 
So I've got a lot of wonderful things to say about this adaptation, as you've probably guessed. Uh, so I'm going to try and break it down into sections. Uh, first of all, we've got the cast. Um, as the critics said, it's a wonderful, wonderful cast. They really work so well together. The interactions and the chemistry between Amanda Root and Kieran Hines as Anne and Captain Wentworth is so, so good. You can really feel first that awkwardness and regret and coldness, that uncertainty, and we can watch it move into that love and respect that they have by the end of the story. And they're both great on their own as well when they're interacting with other elements of the story. Amanda Roach is perfectly quiet and downtrodden and Elliot at the beginning, slowly becoming more confident and more like the person that Wentworth knew all those years ago. And Kieran Hines is fantastic. I absolutely love this performance. With the film that we talked about last time, there were some criticisms that Rupert Penry Jones was slightly too pretty to be Captain Wentworth. Uh, we talked about how he looked a little bit too young and not as worn and rugged as a naval captain would be. And they're not being disparaging about Kieran Hines' looks, but he's got that mature world experience sort of look to him that is certainly more fitting for a naval officer. He spends all of his time out in the sun and on a ship and in the wind and the sea air and facing combat all the time. He's certainly got a stronger personality than we see in the other version. And you really get the sense that he's been through so much in his life and the effects of the naval life are really taking its toll on him as we also see it with Admiral Croft as well. As with the other version that we talked about I think that the Elliots are great in this version. I particularly love Sophie Thompson as Mary. She's absolutely brilliant, she's so fun, so whiny and pathetic, it's just wonderful. But by far and away my favourite actors in this version, um, Anne Elliot and Captain Wentworth aside, is the Crofts. I absolutely adore them. They are so, so brilliant and they really bring those characters to life. You really get that interaction between them that shows Anne the kind of life she could have as a naval wife and they really take Anne into their hearts and they are so wonderful. John Woodvine and Fiona Shaw working together but also with the rest of the cast as well. They really are the perfect image for me of what the Crofts were when I was reading Persuasion. The amount of times that I've read it every time I picture them and it's just fantastic. So that is my praise of the actors and their abilities. Now I want to talk about the similarities to the original novel and some of the bits in it that I loved and some of the bits that I had a little bit of, not a problem, just complications with, let's put it that way. So 
Compared to the earlier version that we talked about last time, this version is much more in sync with the original novel. There's a lot more use of the original text in the speech between the characters. A lot of it is verbatim from the story put into the mouths of the characters in the screenplay. Nick Deer has done a wonderful job turning that novel into this version. So there are a lot of beautiful speeches that are finally said out loud, which is just absolutely wonderful. And compared to the earlier version as well, it puts events more in the right order. And it included actually a few more scenes as well that I loved as part of the story as compared to this earlier version. For example, we've got Lady Russell and it really shows us how influential and how not heartless but how calculating she is. In the other version it wasn't quite as clear that she had such a hold over Anne and also the other Elliots as well. Um, in the, the other version that we talked about it's actually Anne's decision to send the family to Bath, which is completely ridiculous because, of course, she doesn't want to go to Bath. So why would she suggest it to her family? But in this version, they stick to the original script and it is Lady Russell that suggests this. And it really shows how much control she's got over their lives. We've also got a wonderful little bit that wasn't included in the other version. And this is when Anne first meets the Crofts again and they acknowledge that they've heard of Anne. It's a conversation between Mrs Croft and Anne and Mrs Croft is saying oh yes yes my brother's been talking about you we know all about you and of course she starts to panic and she thinks oh my god what has Captain Wentworth said about me and then we get that false reveal because Mrs Croft is talking about how wonderfully happy her brother is being married in his curacy and Anne's thinking oh my god Captain Wentworth's married what am I going to do and then we get the reveal that it's actually her other brother, the curate, that Anne met as well. And I think that's just a lovely little scene. It's a lovely little double take there, as it were. And I think it's great fun that they included it in the story. Another thing that they added that uh, the other version was lacking was the relationship between Benwick and Anne. Now, in the earlier version, I did comment that I liked the interaction between them but this version goes a lot further with it and they get more time together and you can really see why people thought that they would be getting together. There's that discussion about poetry and also Anne's attempts to sort of bring Benwick out of himself and encourage more than just romantic poetry in his life which of course we find out later makes her less of a candidate for a wife for him than, say, Louisa Musgrove, because Louisa is dedicated to poetry as well and their dramatic personalities come together, uh, as they say, misery loves company. Now, one little bit uh, that I absolutely loved about this adaptation is the final scenes. So at the end of the story, we've got that gathering uh, with everybody. There's Captain Wentworth, there's Mrs Croft, there's Anne, there's Captain Harville and a few others. And we get that conversation between 
Anne and Harville about constancy and about men and women's affections over time. They're talking about Benedict and Louisa to start with, but you get that double meaning from Anne that she's trying to say that she still loves Wentworth, but she thinks he doesn't love her anymore. Um, in the other version that we talked about last time, that was a little bit all over the place because this conversation actually happens in line with Anne and Captain Benwick, and it doesn't have the same impact as it does in this version because, of course, Captain Wentworth is writing his letters and he's overhearing them having this conversation. And there's that brilliant moment where he's so moved by what she's saying that he knocks it over uh, a cup or something. He knocks it off the table by accident. And you really get that feeling and you can understand why Captain Wentworth uh, feels so deeply that he needs to write this letter to Anne, which was missing in the other version. And I absolutely adored the way that they did the reading of the letter, having them both read it aloud, both Amanda Root and Kieran Hines. So we get to hear the letter in Captain Wentworth's words and in his voice, but we also get to hear how Anne is reading it, because there are slight differences. We get Captain Wentworth's feeling and passion, and we also get Anne Elliot's excitement and, and hope and and it's just so wonderful, raising the tension, pushing them towards this final reunion, which is just wonderful when they meet in the middle of Bath and admit their feelings for each other. And of course, another thing that this version has over the other one is that they don't send Anne on this Benny Hill tour of Bath. <laughs> Sending her here, there and everywhere trying to find Captain Wentworth and all those frustrating, oh, you just missed him moments. It's pure and it's simple. She reads that letter, her, her excitement is overflowing and she runs out into the street to catch him and she does. And there's this just wonderful release of tension and it is so fantastic. Much, much better than the other version which has so many stops and starts that the emotion is kind of lost by the time they finally get back together. And finally, the last little bit that I enjoy about this adaptation and prefer to the other version that we talked about is the very end scenes. So in this version, we finish with Anne on the ship with Captain Wentworth. We get that conversation from Admiral Croft saying, oh God, Napoleon's escaped, there's going to be another war, which is a callback to an earlier conversation they were having about women being on ships and how it suits some people and how it doesn't others. So we get this war is coming and we get to see Anne on the ship with her husband and they're going off to war and I think it really sums up everything and it's a really nice end to everything that they've been through. The other version ends as we saw 
they finish with Captain Wentworth buying Kellynch Hall for Anne and presenting it to her as a wedding present, essentially. That really doesn't get the end of that story after everything they've been through. The whole story is about Anne learning to stand up for herself and take the things that she wants and to throw off all of the influence of everybody else that has been bombarding her and controlling her life up to this point. With the ending from this version, the 95 version, we get to see Anne fulfilling this dream. She is with the man that she loves and she is doing what she wants. She's not following what her family want. She's not giving in to what anybody else thinks she should do. She is happy with her husband and she is doing something that her family would never have dreamed of anybody doing. With the uh, with the other version, giving her that house, giving her Kellynch Hall, sort of undermines that a little bit for me. It's, well, you've been through all of this, you've finally decided that your family aren't going to boss you around, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to buy your family home when you're going to be reminded of, in, of all of your family's time together and all of their influence. I'm going to let that just lead our lives. It is really unfortunate for me it's a lovely gesture of course he wants to buy her her childhood home but it does undermine the character development that she's gone through and therefore I prefer the ending to the 95 version where Anne is in control of her destiny so as you can tell I absolutely adore this film I think it is so wonderful and the score that I'm going to give it, my addicted Austinite score, is going to be 7 out of 8. So that is a Jane. Now, you might be wondering why uh, 7 out of 8 rather than 8 out of 8, because obviously I love it so much. There is just one little bit that stops it being absolutely perfect for me, and that is the scene on the cob when Louisa jumps off. <laughs> it's just this one little bit that sort of brings me out of it ever so slightly just for a little bit when Louisa is jumping off of the cob it's actually a really great scene um, you get Captain Wentworth trying to be a little bit more forceful and you get you really see where he's been leading Louisa on so to speak you know and he finally realizes that he's not in control of the situation and then we get Anne taking charge and Captain Wentworth getting to see her as she is rather than who everybody else has made her and has put her in into her roles but that moment when Louisa jumps off the cob is just so weird it goes slow-mo as she jumps off the cob and falls through the air and Kieran Hines is trying to run to catch her and he misses. And it's just really weird because it's in slow-mo. The movements are really slow. But the seagulls and the waves and the noise are all in real time, which kind of doesn't work. And the fact that it's so sort of artistic, so to speak, using that slow-mo and everything. It's so different to everything else in the film that it does take me out for that brief moment that it's just like, what just happened? 
<laughs> I know it's a comedy and that I'm supposed to be laughing at this, but I wasn't quite laughing in the right way. Uh, so that is why it's not a perfect score. There is just that tiny little moment that uh, takes it out for me. But other than that, I absolutely adore this version and I think it is a wonderful Jane Austen adaptation. It's a wonderful version of Persuasion but also a great example of how to adapt an Austen novel to the screen and how to adapt fiction to the screen in general. If you are looking for a really good example of how to do that then this film is definitely for you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Addicted Austenite. I hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, please do like it and share it. Uh, subscribe to the podcast. Uh, comments are always welcome. Uh, let me know what you think about this version. Uh, I am on Twitter and on Facebook as well. You can find me there uh, at Kath Price Author. So let me know what you think. I will see you next time for a new episode, and until then, happy reading, your faithful servant, the author.